Welcome to today's VJ Hemont podcast. Today, we'll be hearing about some of the key updates from trials of novel therapies and treatment regimens for multiple myeloma, which were presented at the EHAR 2021 meeting. First up, we have Sardu's Mani from the Levine Cancer Institute and Atrium Health in North Carolina, and he's going to talk us through some updated data from a phase one study of teclistamab in relapsed or refractory myeloma. Saad, can you walk us through the key updates? Certainly, the, the teclistamab uh, phase one clinical trials are be, uh, data are being updated by my colleague, um, Amrita Krishnan. Um, and uh, teclistamab is a BCMA-directed bispecific antibody. It's an off-the-shelf full-size um, bispecific antibody. We had shared the original data with um, the IV dosing about a year ago for the first time, and, and now the data being updated for the subcutaneous uh, formulation uh, with the recommended phase two dosing. Um, and um, you know the, the patients that have been treated at that dose are 40 in total, um, and um, they have median of five prior lines of treatment, uh, vast majority of patients are triple class refractory. Uh, about 40% odd are, are pentadrug refractory, and uh, 83% were refractory to the previous line of treatment. And what we're seeing is um, um, CRS in maybe about 60% of the patients, 60 to 70% of the patients, but all uh, are grade one and two and very manageable. Um, low rates of grade one and two injection site. Um, 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 uh, uh, reactions or erythema, but but really, you know, beyond the as expected hematologic side effects, we're not seeing uh, much in terms of, of um, uh, other side effects. Uh, for the most part, CRS is very well managed with supportive care measures um, using tocilizumab, steroids. The overall response rate for this uh, patient population at the recommended phase two dose is 65% with VGPR or better in 58% of uh, the patients. And the median time to first confirm response is about uh, a month. Uh, the overall response rate in the triple class refractory patients is 61%. So quite impressive uh, at the recommended phase two dose, even though these are lower numbers. And then of the evaluable patients, uh, you know, there were six who were evaluable for MRD. Uh, of them, uh, five were um, MRD negative at 10 to the minus six and one at 10 to the minus five. And then with subsequent follow-up, you know, median follow-up of about 7.1 months, um, 22 of the 26 uh, patients who responded are alive and continuing on therapy. So, you know, the summary of, of the update is that the subcutaneous formulation of teclistamab at 1,500 microgram per kilogram appears to be well-tolerated without any new safety signals, low-grade CRS, very manageable, and overall response rate of 65%. And in triple-class refractory patients, it's 61%. So, you know, the dose expansion is ongoing, as well as combination trials in earlier lines of treatment. Next, Maria Victoria Mateos from the University of Salamanca in Spain is going to give an update on the prospective locomotion study investigating standard of care regimens for patients with relapsed or refractory myeloma. Hello, my name is Maria Victoria Mateos, a hematologist at the University Hospital of Salamanca in Spain, and I would like to, to present an update of a prospective non-interventional multinational study of a real-life standard of care in patients with relapsed and refractory multiple myeloma 
who had received at least three prior lines of therapy. These are interim data coming from the locomotion study. We know that when our myeloma patients have already received the proteasome inhibitors in its an anti-CD38 monoclonal antibodies, they are an unmet medical need. And we have some data coming from observational studies conducted basically in the US in which, well, the progression-free survival for this population is of approximately three, four months, the median overall survival not superior to nine months. But uh, honestly, there was not uh, any observational study, any prospective study in this population. And this was basically the rationale for the locomotion study. This is uh, a clinical study conducted in the US and nine European countries in which this population, relapsed and refractory myeloma patients, already exposed to PI in anti-CD38 monoclonal antibodies with more than three prior lines of therapy or double refractory to PI and in were included, and uh, well, the objective was uh, to evaluate uh, well the overall response rate uh, as well as uh, the safety profile, and of course, uh, secondary endpoints included the progression of survival as well as uh, the overall survival. And in this study, 225 patients had been so far included, and according to the inclusion criteria, all patients are triple class exposed, and I would say that over 70% of the patients were triple class refractory. In this interim analysis, we have a focus on the rescue therapies. The physicians consider it as the most appropriate ones for rescue these patients. And it's important to remark that this population received over 80 different treatment regimes indicating that there is not any standard of care for this population. This interim analysis reported an overall response rate of approximately 20% when this population received the different standard of care uh, their physicians considered appropriate. The median time to first response was of approximately two months, and definitely we don't have any data yet in terms of durability of the response, progression for survival, or overall survival. But the main conclusion from my point of view is that these interim results from locomotion indicate that there is not a clear standard of care for this patient population, and there is a need for new treatments with a novel mechanism of action for this population. Now, Enrique Osio of the Marquez de Valdez University Hospital in Spain is going to talk us through the dose-finding stage of the bortezomib arm of the ANCA trial. So, Merfluven is the, the drug that has been more recently uh, approved by the regulatory authorities apart from the new CAR T cells. So, and it is, Merfluven is a novel concept. This is a peptide drug conjugate in which you can, uh, by using this mechanism, you can achieve very high concentrations of methylene inside the tumor cells. And this is very good for myeloma patients. And now we are presented here in updated data on the combination of the first combination of Merfluven with other antimyeloma agents. And in this case, is, this was the ANCOR study in which merfluven has been combined with uh, ortezomib and with daratumumab in relapsed refractory multiple myeloma patients. I think this is very good news because what, what we can see is that uh, merfluven is feasible to be combined in, this, in these strategies with dara or with ortezomib, and we have really a nice data of 
responses, up to 70% responses in the combination with daratumumab, 60% with fortezomib, and also a good uh, PFS uh, benefit for the combination with 12 months with, for the daratumumab combination. We still don't have mature data, mature data on overall survival, and we don't have good data still. It's very early for the bortezomib combination. I think this is very good news because we have a novel agent with activity in heavily protected patients, also in patients with extramedullary disease that can be feasible, the combination with other antimyeloma drugs such as daratumumab or bortezomib. Next, we're going to hear from Amrita Krishnan from City of Hope in California on updated data from the Phase 1 Monumental 1 trial of tolketamab in patients with relapsed or refractory myeloma. Monumental was a Phase 1 first-in-human study of talquetamab, which is a GPRC CD3 bispecific T-cell engager. What we determined in the study was the recommended Phase 2 dosing which was 400 micrograms per kilo subcutaneously weekly, uh, given after two step-up doses of 10 micrograms per kilo and 60 micrograms per kilo, respectively. This trial in it was in a group of very heavily pretreated patients who had a median of six prior lines of therapy. Also note, 27% of those treated at the recommended phase two dose had had prior BCMA-directed therapy. 100% of those at the recommended phase two dose were triple class refractory, and 80% were pentadrug refractory. We found that the drug was well tolerated, that uh, cytopenias were mild and generally confined to the step up dosing in cycle one. Neurotoxicity is also mild in all grade one and grade two. We did see some skin related disorders in between 60 to 77% of the patients. Nail disorders in 21% of the patients. Those were also mild and generally manageable with symptomatic therapy. For example, steroids for the skin uh, peeling on the palms and soles. We saw dyscusia in about 60% um, of patients treated at the, at the um, recommended phase two dose. Again, consistent with the expression of GPRC in uh, salivary glands and in the keratinized tissue. Notably, in terms of cytokine release, overall it was mild. It did occur in 73% of the patients treated at the recommended phase two dose, but it was limited to grade one and grade two in all patients ex except one. The median duration of the cytokine release was two days, and median onset was also two days. The response rate, as I mentioned earlier, was extremely encouraging with a 70% overall response rate. And while follow-up is short, these responses do appear to be durable and deepening over time. 81% of the respondents remain on treatment after a median follow-up of 6.3 months. We do have more mature data in the IV cohorts. Even those treated at much lower dosing, we have patients who remain on treatment at 22 plus months. So we remain very encouraged by the efficacy, safety, and tolerability of talquetamab and the um, Phase two expansion study is ongoing. Finally, Evangelos Turpos of the National Ancopodistrian University of Athens in Greece is going to talk us through the latest data from the DARIA trial of exazomib and dexamethasone for patients with lenalidomide refractory myeloma. The DARIA study is a phase two study which compared, uh, which uh, combined daratumumab in, uh, with uh, exazomib uh, and uh, dexamethasone. 
a second line therapy for those patients uh, with relapsed refractory multi-myeloma who have been treated with uh, lenalidomide-based uh, uh, regimen upfront. So this analysis includes 40 patients and um, 70% of them were refractory to lenalidomide and uh, 38% of them had received the prior autologous transplantation. I think that the lenalidomide the refractory population is a, a population that we need to have uh, uh, new regimens, and this was the aim of our study. We've seen that um, the response rate was uh, 57.5%, not a very high one, and the median time from the first dara uh, dexa dose till first response was only one month. The median PFS was 10.4 months, and although this is lower compared to other combination of DARA with potassium inhibitors, especially with carfilzomib, we have to say that for those patients who are not eligible to receive carfilzomib, the combination of um, DARA Ixadex offers good PFS with very low toxicity as the majority, the vast majority of the patients did not experience uh, uh, any uh, grade two, three, or four toxicity. And I think that this was an extremely safe combination. So in uh, summary, we can say that Dara Ixatex is um, a safe combination with um, uh, good efficacy in patients who have received one prior therapy based on lenalidomide, especially if they are lenalidomide refractory. And uh, I believe that these results could justify a bigger uh, study probably a phase three study in order to see exactly what is the role of Dara Ixatex in the treatment of patients with relapsed refractory myeloma at second line who are refractory to lenalidomide. That's the last update we have for you today, so I'd like to wrap up by thanking all of our experts for taking the time to speak with us. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at VJHemonk to share your thoughts on the topics discussed. You can also visit VGHemong.com for the latest updates on clinical trials, real-world data, and much, much more in the field of hematological oncology. Finally, be sure to subscribe to VGHemong podcasts, which are available on Spotify, Apple, and Podbeam.